Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, well, Jamie, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the mm-hmm. extremely talented uh, digital activist and podcast host of the brilliant podcast, There Are No Girls on the Internet, uh, which did a special miniseries on disinformation in our modern disinformation age called Disinformed that won a shorty. And that is especially timely right now as disinformation is killing us, literally. Please welcome Bridget Todd. <laughs> Oh, I love the the air horn introduction. Pew, pew. How are you, Bridget? I am doing well. I'm not lucky enough to be in a basement in Wisconsin. I I am in a kitchen in Washington, D.C. I am in recovery for a broken ankle, which sucks. Oh, my God. But other than that, I am good. Oh, no. What happened? Um, I wish it was like a good story. I was on a three-night canoe trip on the Delaware Water Reserve. And, okay, that's you know, a good story already. Yeah, this well, is, already <laughs> this like is a good story. By your story. <laughs> well, like, you so know, what's impressed. funny is that, like, I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of a test of my outdoor skills. And then yeah. first night, I was like, so, so overconfident on the river. We'll just say this. It was a combination of stormy weather, overconfidence, and alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I that story is great. Being drunk that in, is. in a storm on a like on a canoe trip. The last time I was like my life was like suspended by an injury. I think it was from like a sneeze. Like, I think I <laughs> sneezed and like threw out my back. Yeah, uh, that's what uh, sucks about getting older, is like yeah. you get injured and it's like, oh, I just like got up too fast or I yeah. just like sat down weird and now my back is out. <laughs> I have a hip, like I, I always thought like knees was hip? like a bad old, old person thing, but like my hip is starting to hurt when I, after I like go for a run and that, no. that makes you feel real, real fucking old man. A God, I, I hurt my, I hurt my neck comforting my brother on a roller coaster. That was oh, my no. last <laughs> My brother's 24 years old, but he was real scared. <laughs> oh. What coaster was it? Do you remember? <laughs> Yeah, it was in, um, it was at Six Flags New England, and it was the Wicked Cyclone. We went on the most New England roller coaster there was. And it was awesome. It was so good, but I forgot my brother has historically for his entire life been terrified of roller coasters and was kind of going on to appease me. And um, yeah, he was upset. Roller coasters are so fun. They're so good. I was like, it's the only- Big coaster head over here. You're a coaster head? I'm starting to be a coaster hat. I, w- I was when I was a kid, and then I just did a bunch of roller coasters recently, and they they were really fun. I re- I really uh missed them and didn't realize it. Yeah, same. Cool, Marcella. We like to ask our guest, "What is something from your search history?" The last thing I searched um is the fucking package I'm waiting for. Like <laughs> this shit will not update. I hate the USPS or whoever your package is through not updating that shit. Mm. You got the barcode. Update me. Is it gonna get here before I leave the town? I need to know. Mm. Uh, that's the last thing. I'm like that's I went to look at like my 
my Google history and it was like every other thing, every other page, <laughs> like it opened a new tab every time you, you know, you, oh my God. And it was like literally six of me searching my package. And so just waiting for these sunglasses to show up. That's literally it. That's the only thing on my mind right now is me going to New York for two weeks and I'm so excited. And I oh, just hell yeah. Gla- they say no. The sunglasses say no. And oh, they're sick. <laughs> like on the bring that. on the lenses, they they have the lenses a, are an N, an N and an O. Very they're, they're the best. And I'm just like dying for them to show up so I can bring that negative attitude to New York. <laughs> to that, New York. The attitude that New York deserves. Absolutely. You know, bringing them to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Reflect it back, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing in New York? Are you doing any stand-up? Oh, I'm headlining the Bell House July 31st. This Saturday, actually. Damn. Yes, this Saturday I'll be headlining the Bell House. I'm so excited. I haven't been to New York since 2019. I haven't performed there that since then, and I'm just, like, so fucking pumped. And um, would love if the Daily Zeitgeist listeners came. I know some of you Yo. guys hate me, but something tells me the New York listeners fucking love me. So yeah. come out. New York listeners definitely fuck with you. The, yeah, we, they definitely fuck with me. We had a show in Brooklyn and the listeners came out mm. and there was definitely like, you know, the, we had a couple come up on stage. There was definitely like some what? good energy there. Some good oh, energy really? that I feel Wait, like what did, would what go. What happened when they come on stage? Uh, so we just like had a sort of interactive part where they had to take a quiz. The show is oh, about the year 2000 so or dorks. Okay. And we we just like to, like, insert school as much as possible into anything. Like, so these are people going out, having some drinks, and we're like, let's let's do something (laughs) school-like. Let's do heads up, seven up, and then quiz them on it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Heads up, seven up would be such a great live show vibe. Heads up, seven up. (laughs) I need absolute silence. We're on a rainy day schedule, New York. Now get in here and yeah. do this yes. quiz. That's funny. What um I think this is kind of like a cliched thing for stand-ups to talk about, but like what what do you feel like the difference is between LA and New York crowds? Well, it's interesting because now New York is so heavily gentrified that <laughs> you can't really tell the difference anymore. Yeah. So sometimes some of the shows can be kind of whack because you get those like overly sensitive gentrifying types that are like you know they wear the black lives matter pin but pin but they you know they they kick some people out of their homes and they don't even realize that they're part of the problem you know that that type of liberal mm. which is like they're not the best audience to have in comedy but in the past like maybe whatever it might even like three as soon as three four years ago the audiences in new york they're fucking buck wild they cannot be offended they don't give a fuck (laughs) and it's the best and i i implore those people please come to my show on saturday because y'all are the fucking best like real deal new yorkers or people who've lived in new york long enough that they have the mentality of a new yorker but not these like newer gentrifiers they're the fucking worst and they're that's how the la comedy scene is where it's like people who are too sent you know the other thing about la People go because they know celebrities are usually at the comedy clubs because they are like not just on stage. But I remember one time Drake was at the comedy store, like watching a comedy show in this (laughs) big ass room in the main room. And and it was a black show, you know, like he went there because he wanted to see good ass black comics do good ass black comedy. And that's just good comedy. Let me just make sure to clarify that. I don't want anybody (laughs) talking no shit about the way I work things. But like the second somebody pointed him out, that was it for the show. 
everyone just like got up and was trying to see him, wanted to take pictures. Right. And it was like, why, why would you mention him he being here? Like that ruins the show for the comics. But it's also like so common. And then sometimes like at the Laugh Factory, they get so many celebrities that come hang out that people are kind of used to it. They don't even give a fuck. So it, it goes both ways sometimes. But the celebrity in the audience and on stage can be kind of distracting in L.A. But in New York, you don't see that. You, like they thing I like about New York audiences is they love a grimy comic. You know, like when they're a good comedy mm. audience, they fucking love weirdo shit, experimental shit. You can put any style of comic on stage and they love it. That's not true for LA. California in general. Mm. Yeah. I my favorite kind of stand-up comedy is watching Drake watch a stand-up comedy show. That's my that's <laughs> that seems my like you, Jack. Stand-up experience. Yeah. Yeah, that seems Just, like it, you. it needs to be filtered through through Drake. Uh, I all mean, of my, can you imagine like looking at what Drake laughs at? Oh my god, Drake laughed at that joke. <laughs> that was really that. funny. You know, the hoes are in full effect. Yeah. <laughs> so much pressure on Drake to like I don't know, that that would feel weird to be like watching people. I feel like he likes a thing. Yeah, I feel like he likes that shit. I feel like he likes that. You a guys lot. leave Drake alone. I don't That's think he nice. wants to be left alone. I think he loves that goofy attention. Right. He's the goofiest. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm picturing myself being like having people watch me and see like whether I am laughing at something. And that's definitely me and Drake have a lot in common. I'm always uh, shocked I, I when you laugh out loud at something I say. Like when you laugh, I'm just like, oh, my God, I have to look at him laugh because he never laughs. That's uh, what I a, that's what I miss I'm about being laugher. in studio. No, you're not. You're not a big laugher. I'm a comedian. I, I can I'm tell you a, right now you're not a big laugher. You go like this. You go like this. You go. You go <laughs> that's what you do. There it is. I made him laugh, but I made him laugh about himself. That's just the narcissism. I don't even think that was that yes. funny. Yeah, you can just say anything about me, and it'll That's it'll get true. a big reaction. Jack has a huge dick. <laughs> Look, you made him laugh. Damn it! Is, you, you found you're supposed my... to say it's funny because it's true, but we all know the truth. Come on. What's something you think is overrated? Billionaires. Come on, man. Whoa, I'm sorry. I know you I've guys have been enough. talking about that. I know. Oh, God. I won't talk about it. I won't talk about you it. You leave I just, billionaires I alone. I just wanted to say <laughs> one thing, one thing about them. Yeah. Because I know you guys, I'm sure on this podcast, you guys have just been fucking talking about billionaires until you want to fucking barf. Never. Never. We Never love, have? We Never heard about them. this? Uh, <laughs> guys, we, we wish we them the best. We're, wow, we're kind of like the Washington Post here in that we think what Jeff Bezos is doing is really cool. Actually, it's really, actually really good tight. For, it's like super fucking tight. Yeah. It's coolness. It's coolness research. Yes, exactly. It's to see how cool it is. And he said it was cool. Can a 55-year-old man pull off a cowboy hat is is one of the things that he was Can researching. Can he be any cooler? <laughs> yeah. So be? anyway, I was just, I just have been talking a lot about that on, um, we've been talking a lot about that on uh, Cold Brew Got Me Like, my mm-hmm. podcast, just because, see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done. <laughs> because uh because like i just think that the most outrageous thing is that they keep trying to throw in this like that they are doing research of some sort mm-hmm. like they didn't bring any stuff you can see right in the space capsule right there's yeah. like nothing in there at all they bring yeah. nothing to, to quote myself they've just made space the vip room of a club yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's all it is it's like guess where i'm dancing asshole <laughs> I guess I bet you're not dancing weightless at One Oak or whatever they fucking party at now. I don't know. Yeah. One Oak. 
the Luxor. <laughs> I like using antique things. Like, you know, I bet you're not, I bet you're not weightless at the hottest nightclub in the world at the Luxor in Las Vegas. <laughs> Nailed it. The top of the Luxor pyramid. Wow. Anyway, so yeah, I just think that the, the fact that the most outrageous thing to me, even more outrageous than the cowboy hat, even more outrageous than those fucking $5 spacesuits that they were wearing. And, you know, they're a pure theater. There's no reason. They're just going in a high plane. They're not mm-hmm. even going to real space. They don't need to yeah. wear a spacesuit. They can wear their street clothes. They might as and, well just be saying, wee the yes. whole time. And, like that's and just the, the... someone pointed out that, you know, the Jeff Bezos saying, we're excited to see what we find out. Like, that's not they've, the point. Yeah, they've never, they, we've have a space shuttle before. Yeah. <laughs> we've had a space shuttle that took up equipment and stuff. You didn't even bring any equipment. Nothing. They brought a ball they could throw around. So, you yes. Know, confirmed so that's no just, gravity. I just, I just want to highlight the fact that their spaceships are empty. You can see them. Yeah. We yeah. want to find out. And people pointed out also that high balloons have gone to that part of the atmosphere. There's nothing what we're going to find out. We're going to find out that you're a dick. Yeah. That's Absolutely. all. You and your friends are a bunch of dicks. And Richard Branson <laughs> uses shell companies to avoid fucking taxes. That's what we're going to find out, you fucks. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's Cold brew about. truth bomb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, ah, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Straight from concentrate. So that's boring. I know. Billionaires is boring. But, but it's, I mean, it Fuck worked in a, in a certain respect because, like, when you look at, I think there was there was a statistic that one morning of Jeff Bezos going to space got as much coverage as climate change got for the entire year 2020. Like one morning Hell of yeah. Bezos traveling to yeah. space. So, I mean, it's just like <sighs> the mainstream media bought it, bought it hook, line, and sinker. Well, they need something. Yeah. They need something every two minutes. This yeah. model, this model of getting people to click on stuff, there's no way to go. 24 hours of needing new clicks. This just right. leads to, yeah, stories about what's coming up on the show, like a horse visiting people in the hospital. <laughs> and also, you know, it's like they need that stuff. They yeah. probably, that's probably not even a horse. It's probably like news producers in a goddamn <laughs> suit, <laughs> a horse suit. Just like, we need a story. This is, it's been five minutes since something horrible happened. Are you sure? Are you sure no one's electrocuted themselves in Bulgaria? Because not you can story. use that. People don't care. And, and that just, person gets visited it's by It's just horse. one, but then just say people in Bulgaria are getting electrocuted. Make it bigger. There you go. There you go. What is something you think is underrated? King and queen of my last week, and honestly, if I'm being real, my last year, ice packs. Honey, child, darling, if you don't have an ice pack in your freezer at all times, ready for you to use for your enjoyment, change mm. your life by adding an ice pack. Bag of peas will do it. You don't got to go spending for something. Spe- you will. Eventually, you'll mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I want that gel bead ice pack. But start with by just grabbing vegetables you don't want to eat and placing them on your body. Yeah. I'm 40. <laughs> Listen to the old woman talking to you, young child, in growth, yeah. in youth. Preventative care is all the rage. You're doing it for your beautiful face skin. Do it for your sweet, sweet joints. You don't mm-hmm. need an ice pack always. That doesn't mean you shouldn't reach for one. What is your pleasure? I live in a hot exactly. place. Exactly. I just I mean, look, wear an ice pack our, occasionally. All the cool athletes do it. Ice packs are cool, y'all. Ice packs are so cool. <laughs> Get yourself like a yeah. cool ice pack, like a yeah. like a like a LeBron ice pack. Does he have one? <laughs> Jack probably endorses. I feel an like ice well, pack. there's like those hyper ice. You know, there are ones that athletes use that are definitely like on the next level. But yeah, right. I, it's like made in a lab somewhere, like the Theragun and things. I'm like, 
do I need five? Do I need to spend five hundred dollars for this? Am I in that kind of condition? I'll be like, I'll just take the thing from when I order something that was frozen on the internet, and I'll yeah. just keep those. Oh, I have so those many. are my ice packs. Yeah, yeah. The grocery delivery ice pack. Uh, that's Ugh. just like a block of. That's ice. a free ice pack. You yeah, just yeah, got a free ice, ice pack. Packs. Those are ice packs. They work. Test hey, my theory. See if it also, works for you. Shout out to Zeitgang. When we had our live show in Toronto, there was a listener from Montreal who brought Montreal smoked meats and gave it to us. And it gave with all these ice packs. He's like, I think they should be fine for they the flight should. back. Like, they're pretty stable. They're smoked meat. I'm like, great. They're I saved those fucking ice packs, baby. Mm. Yeah. I still yeah, I took international ice packs. I have them in my freezer. I use them all the time. That's how I iced down my uh, vaccine shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah, I just think we forget if we're achy or headachy or feel shitty that you actually can do something about it free right now that works right now. There's just like mm-hmm. nice relief kind of all around you sometimes. So when the day oh, is dude. long and stressful, an ice pack is underrated. <laughs> the cheapest air conditioner is a a, a, a soaking wet hand towel. You wring oh, out and you put two wrist. ice packs on it, put Ooh, it on and or put it on your back. Balls. Mm-hmm. On your straight back, and you lay on your stomach. Woo! On the tile floor, baby. You don't Anybody need stuck in a heat wave? You get you get yourself a little spray bottle, and you just spray your sheets. You're sleeping yeah. only under the top sheet anyway. You just you just spray that top sheet. It's not wet. It's just sort of like <laughs> it's not cold. wet, really. It's just like damp. Yeah, nobody <laughs> likes damp. Nobody wants a damp sheet. Moist sheet also not great. Spritz. <laughs> nah. Let's go with spritz. I was going to say, I was going to recommend three ice packs because you have to like cycle them in and out. And so you have the one that's out and then it gets warm and then you have the other one. I just want to knock the domino over. Right. Yeah. That'll become clear to the ice pack user as it becomes a deeper part of their life. But then I I was told that you're actually not supposed to like perpetually have ice on any part of your body like for too long a period of time. So uh, you You want to do like you're not. You're definitely not. Yeah. 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 20 to 30 at most. Yeah, yeah. And give yeah, it a break. I'll tell you. Yeah. Unless you're like one of these people are like, I want to go numb. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put dry ice on your body. Whatever you're putting your no, body, no, no, your no, body no. is going to warm up a little bit. So it will naturally, you know, 15 or 20 minutes is about the maximum ice can sit on a 98.6 degree object anyway. So you're good. Yeah. You're all right. Yeah. I haven't had a haircut since last March. So uh, I'm trying <laughs> to hang out with the gang and actually look at you and enjoy this digital meeting that we are having together to record this podcast. And I the look bangs like, uh, are amazing. If I could do another stand in bit, I am the Adams family cousin at stand in. I can't, yeah. I couldn't get cast as cousin it, but I could or, stand there while they set the cameras. Or you look like a side character, like in a cartoon about like hippies, where like there's like that one character <laughs> right. whose like hair was so shaggy, like you never yeah, saw man. their face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I still saw the mystery, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. You want some pot? <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> some 90s conservative yuppies like idea of a hippie. Uh, yeah, exactly. Someone yeah. <laughs> to cut their hair and you can't, they can't even see out of their hair. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back. Break it. Break. And we're back. And Fox News. Let's talk about Fox News. We've been speculating for the past, like last week, there was this turn, right? Where suddenly Sean Hannity fucked with the vaccine. Like some of the people on the Fox Morning Show were talking about how the vaccine works, which was new. You know, like they're 
party line had been like, we're just asking questions here, but mm. who's to say if the vaccine works or not? Like just real, like the same, the same shit you hear from anti-vaxxers. Yeah. It's just a difference of opinion. What you, you guys are going to thought control. That's a and, good Ben Shapiro. Oh, thanks. I, I was trying to do Tucker Carlson. So that's, <laughs> I thought uh, we were going for Charlie Kirk. Hey. Whoa. Okay. Look, open to interpretation. <laughs> they share a voice. So anyways, we were wondering, like, did somebody threaten them with a lawsuit? Because that's like what made them change their tune when it came to the big lie and like what, whether the voting machines had like stolen votes from Trump and then you know, that they, they were open to that story until the voting machine company was like, hey, we're we're suing you for two billion dollars. And then suddenly they were just like reading statements on air. Mm. So we were wondering if that happened with COVID and with vaccinations. We still don't know the answer to that, but we do know that they can be sued. A legal expert for Slate was basically explaining that they're open to a lawsuit if somebody dies from COVID because they didn't get vaccinated after watching Tucker Carlson's show. They mm. can be sued under the common law theory of fraud. So basically, mm. you just have okay. to prove that the defendant made a misstatement of fact, knowing that it was false or with reckless disregard as to whether it was true or false. OK, so the so it's like contingent on them being to. De- being able to prove that Fox News knew it was bullshit when they were saying it. Yeah. Or okay. just didn't do the work to find it out. Like oh, reckless disregard means the defendant did no investigation <laughs> at all, but just put the statement out there. Got it. Yeah. And I mean, we in addition to, you know, being obvious that they like the information is just everywhere and they're supposed to be a journalistic institution. Uh, We talked last week about how they have a clear pass that they are using behind the scenes at Fox News that like shows that like you can you can only work if you have had the vaccine. So they know Mm -hmm. like they're operating on a day to day basis and in a world where the vaccine works and then coming on the air and uh, saying things like uh, just a list of a couple of the things we have Tucker Carlson saying that COVID is really about social control and questioning whether the vaccine works since those who are vaccinated are still urged to take precautions. Maybe it doesn't work. And they're simply not telling you that. So, yeah. That man needs to be put through a shredder, just like an industrial shredder. Very Midwest of you to go Fargo you. on his ass. Thank you. Um, it's been everyone. It's weird. And everyone, uh, everyone's backyard here. There's a gigantic shredder. So it's just been <laughs> on my mind. Right. With a leg hanging out of it. Yeah. In case you sin. Yeah. How, what is the kind of COVID masking vibe where you guys are? In California, it seems like people have gotten the message. They've also like changed the law in Southern California or in L.A. County saying that you have to wear a mask. Are you is are people still wearing masks in Wisconsin and D.C.? No, it, as demonstrated by the Bucks game the other night, no one is, <laughs> is wearing a mask. You can't like I have seen people choosing to wear masks like at the gas station and stuff. And unlike the last time I was here, people are no longer making fun of you if you are wearing a mask in public. So I view that as um, as progress. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I got relentlessly bullied. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so weird because like, who cares if 
If you if you're a, if, if a stranger is wearing a mask, who cares? And also, even way before COVID, people who had like immuno like who were immunocompromised wore masks. Like my dad wore masks to travel way before right. COVID. So like, who cares? Like, what is it your business if somebody if you got to bully them or have a have an opinion about it? What do you care if someone that you don't know in public is wearing a mask? Like, how does it, it impact your life? It's yeah. very bizarre. Yeah, there is like a. <laughs> I remember a guy giving me just a minutes long little little song and dance about like, are you going to rob my business because bandits wear masks? And I was like, do you want me to buy a Diet Pepsi here or not? Sir? Like, I don't know <laughs> what? what your end game is. I mean, that is one. There's a one of our listeners said that their favorite wing place now prohibits masks because of uh, the Whoa. the risk of robbery, which is. There, there's just very, it, it seems like things have turned to the anti-vaxxing and anti-masking people now like going on the offensive, like being like, you can't, you, you can't stay at our Airbnb if you are vaccinated and like being aggressively against masks. I think Tucker Carlson had a thing where he was like, if you see somebody wearing a mask around your child, uh, you should call the police. So. Sure. Yeah, yeah, just responsibly advocating for the misuse of public services. Totally. <laughs> Very <laughs> responsible. Sense. Yeah, great. How is D.C.? D.C. is interesting. I will say D.C., like, we are, at, by and large, a city of people who, like, just want to follow the rules. We're like, fine, whatever it is we're supposed to do, fine. I do think with the masking, I think people are confused, right? Like, I don't, D.C. is not a place where people are going to, where most people, I should say, are going to be anti-masker for the sake of being anti-masker. I think that when we got that federal guidance that you didn't have to wear masks indoors if you were vaccinated, I think that that, frankly, I mean, I'm no medical professional, but I think that that probably confused a lot of people. So Mm -hmm. in, like, when you go to Target and stores in my neighborhood in D.C., in Columbia Heights, they still have the sign saying, like, please wear a mask. I don't think that people are trying to poo-poo, you know, that that guidance, but I just think the federal guidance be or the federal messaging being that, oh, you don't need to wear masks has just confused everybody. So I would say when I go into the grocery store in DC now, it's probably half people wearing masks and half people not. Mm-hmm. I don't think the people who are not wearing masks, I don't think they're trying to be like anti-mask, whatever, because that's not really a prevalent thing, particularly in my area of DC. I just think people are right. confused and we've got too much conflicting guidance yeah. and people don't know what to do. Like we we don't really have one unifying message, even though our local guidance still is like wear a mask inside. It's just I think people are confused. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, for sure. I I think that's totally fair about it, about the masking, but the 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 vaccine stuff seems pretty. Seems like now everybody is being pretty clear about that. Even Alabama Governor Kay Ivey is saying folks are supposed to have common sense, but it's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. It's the unvaccinated folks that are letting us down. You know, she's somebody who ended the state's mask mandate early and has chosen not to spend the state emergency COVID funds on like incentive programs. So like this is definitely another situation where like Republicans are coming around on something that like should not have required any convincing. But Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And to, to to that point, this is the same person who in, you know, not too long ago was spreading unfounded fears about things like vaccine passports. Right. Like, right, let's not pretend right. like Kay Ivey did not spend a good portion of the year politicizing vaccines and 
you know, downplaying the need to get them and really spreading irresponsible hysteria, putting her own constituents at risk by spreading unfounded claims about vaccines and how they were going to be administered. And so, you know, I'm happy to see that she's come around to the side of common sense. But instead of blaming her unvaccinated constituents, she may want to look in the mirror and wonder where folks are getting right. this kind of panic and hysteria from. And what maybe did she do that that actually caused that? And, you know, Jack, earlier you were talking about Fox News and you used the word fraud. I think that more and more, we need to see people that push nonsense about our public health, about our elections, as the fraudsters and the scammers that they are. Tucker Carlson, he knows that vaccines are safe. If that, yeah. if the vaccine guidance from, you know, Fox News as, a, as an organization to work for is, is correct, he probably has been vaccinated himself. I saw him oh, doing a sure. whole song and dance probably about how early. it was the most offensive question to ask if he was vaccinated. But the bottom line is, People like Tucker Carlson are making money by pushing dangerous lies. And we have a word for that. It's a scammer. It's a fraudster. And so this is not a, you know, a debate, a two sides issue. These people are scammers and fraudsters and they're making money off of pushing people dangerous, dangerous anti-science ideas to people that can get people killed. And I really am happy to see people using language like fraud and scam to call out these obvious scammers and fraudsters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this thing with Kay Ivey is, ugh, it, I mean, it's not the, wor but it, it's way too late for her to try to do, you know, like a face turn at this point right. in the way she's handled this, where there's absolutely, I mean, it's uh, ridiculous to expect a public official to take accountability for anything. But yeah, just to act like these, the reason that people are unvaccinated in her state exists entirely in a void that has nothing right. to do with her. It's just nothing like, to do with public policy. Ridiculous. Like it's, yeah. I mean, it's the Republican ideal of everything is like personal accountability and like personal, Ugh. like and right. no, nothing has to do with any sort of group based or like public. Uh, it's such a double like it's like you have to trust Republican leadership implicitly or leadership implicitly in general. But if you are misguided by leadership, it's your fault, whatever yeah. happens to you. Right. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. Seems unfair. It's probably better that she is doing this than her, you know, staying on the same path she was on before, but obviously not somebody who belongs in a position making public policy. Yeah. Another thing about COVID, which is interesting, because, Carl, you're talking about how, you know, your identities and there was only one person working is this constant sort of screaming about a labor shortage that just, like, nobody wants to work because mm -hmm. they're getting benefits. And they're getting unemployment benefits and they're just loafing around. OK, that's we've all seen the, the studies that say these people are not just collecting a check and kicking back. Many people are actually taking advantage of this social safety net. The fact right. that they could have benefits means they have they don't have the pressure to take just any old job that's going to screw them over mm -hmm. because they've. The, the pandemic has given many people the perspective of like what work should look like or what it means to work or what you deserve to work. Mm -hmm. And because of that, just the, this trend of people leaving their jobs has not stopped. Like it's continuing. A lot of people are just being like, I'm I need to find another job. Mm -hmm. And if and, and again, because they have the ability, the flexibility with these benefits to just say, you know what, you don't need to you don't need to actually have a job right now you can take some time to look at what you want to do that is being categorized as a labor shortage. Yeah, I, I think it is like a really it, it's been interesting to kind of 
watch this develop too because I feel like it kind of like unravels a lot of the like bootstrap mentality that most of us are raised with of like well you have to like if you don't have a job even if you hate it even if you're treated like shit even if you're not given any benefits and you don't make enough money to live like interpreting that as a personal failing versus a systemic one and the past year has like just laid that all out if Mm -hmm. if it wasn't something that you'd had, you know, kind of pieced together already that people are just like, well, no, this is clearly a systemic failure. And there are already, I mean, like, there are so few social safety nets as it is that it's like, of course, people are going to use this. Like, it's that's what it's fucking for. Yeah. I mean, anybody, you know, who's worked retail, server job or whatever, it's it's bad. The money isn't good. And the sort of the constant deferential behavior you have to adopt to the customer is will grind your soul down, especially when people are screaming in your face about nothing that's not your problem. And you're just there trying to do your job, too. And, you know, the we're seeing like this sort of there's just two forces, right? There's the the business owners who are like, where the fuck are they at? I got my less than $15 an hour I'm offering and they're not coming back because I'm not I'm not going to change my fucking business model and say, Oh, I'm going to, you know what? People are asking for a living wage. Well, that starts to cut down on my profits. And I know and for smaller businesses, that's a that's tricky math, too, because sometimes you're already dealing with razor thin margins, which is why you know, I feel like business owners, too, should implore the government to have things like universal health care, because that's a cost that would be taken off an employer's plate. You know, there's yeah. ways that they can also participate in, you know, advocating better for everybody. But and then on the other side, you have the workers who are just saying like this, we cannot work for sub subsistence wages. I can't mm-hmm. go to a place where this one job isn't going to support me. I don't, I can't work two and three jobs just to be able to have an apartment that's too small and barely enough food and have nothing to save at the end of the day. And really what this is, people are just begging for and screaming for is a real, just like just r- having a reckoning with what we consider yeah. like labor, what we consider essential and what that means in terms of what you are paid, yeah. you know? Right. Like if you're if you're working an essential job, you should be able to work one job and live and have benefits but, so yeah. you can like it that it's just it's so obvious, but I I really hope that there is like some sort of change that's forced here and my <laughs> My fear is that the the social safety net will just be scaled back so people are forced back into jobs. And I really, really, really hope that what workers are, you know, organizing or just making individual choices to do right now actually does push for better conditions and, and better money. Yeah. Also, I Miles, I wanted to, you know, give you a shout out because you lost your small business, Studio City Shoebuckle Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's, yeah. It, it was tough. Yeah. You had raised your thin margin. Shoebuckles you- aren't, look. I, Carl and Carl was like, it's not going to work, man. Yeah. Nobody wants shoe buckles. And I was like, what the fuck do you know, Carl? This, yeah, I, but listen, it's called Studio City Shoe Buckles. It's got yeah. S's and C's. It's got alliterative qualities to the name. Nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody wears shoe buckles anymore. I don't I'll know. Say it and wasn't I it fun to back. work there. I didn't enjoy a second of it. Well, the problem was you weren't putting in enough hours to get those hour bonuses I told you that would actually get you to that $15 an hour sort of wage that I promised. And your sales were low. Shifts. <laughs> very easy Last to get COVID. very easy to get COVID in the shoe buckle industry oh yeah especially when you're trying someone on for shoe buckles you yeah. are in coughing trajectory just beneath someone's 
knees yeah. just being like and what about this and like just talking at you it can be a, a an infection vector and i apologize we didn't op- we weren't really open for more than a week but yes studio studio city shoe buckles is no more um <laughs> and i will be back though worry not because this is america and i'll find some way to grift some money to start another business but <laughs> yeah this like essential stuff it really feels like at a minimum, we could at the very least say if something's essential, that has to be a job that that can be your only job. And you can afford to have uh, you could be a single parent and you could have two kids and you can still put a roof and mutt and food and everything and with your one job. But I think a lot of it because we've whittled away so many social safety nets since like, you know, the middle of the last century, that things that were like used to be free, like college became cash grabs when like ronald reagan's like hey man like you know like you can kind of start charging people for like uc schools you know what i mean and that gave all the other public schools across the country the idea that oh yeah now we can squeeze people for a little bit of money here you know actually if you cut this part back of of medical care you know they'll pick that up and people won't really notice and you'll actually make a lot more money we've whittled all these things back because if you think about it ask your grandparents if they're still with us or your parents people had you could have been a custodian and supported an entire family just being a custodian because there were enough there were enough and had just, retirement money. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's a completely different era now. And now we're looking at things like that and just saying like, oh, essential. That means essentially you're fucked. That's pretty much what it means now. And I think it means it's maybe a, someone will clap for you as you pass to go to your job where you're not paid enough to live. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. feel like businesses should be like, hey, if you come through with your like essential worker thing, like you drink for free. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you eat for free. Like I feel like th- but uh, these are these are the <laughs> this yeah. is the situation we're in. Everybody go and outside be- and bang your pot to eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what? I, well, no, I think these people just rather have like the health care paid for and like adequate child care. No, 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 no I'm going to no, bang. I'm going to bang this pot. Thank you so much. Like, fuck. So, again, this realignment or hopefully there'll be some kind of realignment in terms of what we're calling labor these days. But, you know, as things get closer, you know, unemployment benefits are due to be cut off fairly soon. And that's going to put about 40 million people under some more pressure and we'll see what happens then. And, you know, I think a lot of organizations, especially around labor, are talking about like we need real organized labor strikes. Like we really need to be able to organize around that to try and create some pressure and put that on the business owning community and our representatives and government to realize, fuck, like it's 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 yeah, I guess it's that bad. But I don't know from my perspective as a millionaire in Congress, it's hard to see. Hmm. All right, well, let's let's pivot off of that and go to a break. And we'll be right back after this to talk about Trump's king making streak. And we're back. So there was a cookout. Someone noticed that the children who were at this cookout under the age of 10 were acting weird, quote unquote. And it turned out they had eaten a bunch of edibles that they thought were just regular. I mean, when you look at the packaging, they couldn't look any more like the watermelon Sour Patch Kids. Not only is the candy designed to look like that, but the the packaging is designed to look like that. 
I mean, it, thankfully, they didn't eat, eat so many that it was a health problem. I can't imagine, like, the eight-year-old mindfuck of, like, <laughs> of, Mickey like Mouse getting high for the first time. To you. Yeah. Hey, let's go outside. <laughs> and kids are, like, my, my five-year-old is basically, like, perma-stoned. Like, the shit that he says just, may, like, sounds... Like, the other day I asked me how his bones move him. Oh, wow. That's a good question, like, kids. It's on mushrooms or what? Yeah. <laughs> and, but He's like, just a curious so I wonder, so <laughs> I, I do wonder though, like, what a five year old on edibles would like. They, I'm, I'm just so mad at the story that they didn't tell us what the like weird <laughs> behavior was. That's like, true because <laughs> children's imagination is like the most, I mean, the most incredible. The most inspiring. That's why they always tell you as in your adult, just remember your childhood imagination and try to tap into that. Because it's like, bro, yeah, imagine being high and Mickey starts talking to you and you're just like, I'm fucking hanging out with Mickey Mouse, right? Or whatever, like Teletubbies. Imagine being high as a child and the Teletubbies come to life in your backyard. That would be fucking sick. Yeah. The first time I got high and I wasn't expecting to get high because I was told that you like the first time you smoke, you don't get high. And then it's like the second time that you actually, uh, but I took like a, a foot long bong rip and then like, was like, all right, and then we'll smoke tomorrow and I'll actually get high. And then I went into my <laughs> dorm room and like the Godfather poster on my wall. Cause I was a teenage boy started like the cat literally started moving on my, on the poster on my wall. Wait, how old I, are you? Did you say? I was 18. Oh, okay. I mean, that's still a child, technically. Yeah. And I, I fucking, I freaked out so bad. I like made my friend wake up and like tell me that everything was going to be okay. <laughs> and, then, and then he went around, I was in a dorm. He went around and woke all our friends up and then like brought them into my room to laugh at me. That's uh, great. We know one, one time I was at a family party and uh, my nephew, he must have been like, how old are kids when they're teething? Oh, man. Uh, two. Two. Okay. So yeah. he was around there. And um, we, there was like one of those like punch, like drink things, drink dispensers that had like a bunch. So I was like tasting each one with him, like trying to play. And so he was teething. He was like a grumpy little g guy. And my sister was like, you could tell she was just didn't have enough sleep because he was teething. And she had her other daughter too. And she was a little older. So she was just overwhelmed. So I was like, give me him for the party. I'll take him for the party. He's mine. So I'm like testing these drinks. I'm drinking them first and letting him have them. Drinking it, letting him have it, right? And there's four. And when I get to the fourth one, I pour it and I just let him have it. Bitch, it was alcohol in that motherfucker. <laughs> and, and then like literally like whatever, five, ten minutes later, he is just so happy. Just yes. having the best time yeah. of his life. No toothache. I'm, I realized it immediately because he tasted, but he was drinking it. That was the thing when he sipped it. He was like, oh, this shit is fucking good, which alcoholism <laughs> runs in our family. Good to know it starts young. Mm, and yeah. And then I drank it because he was so into it. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is alcohol. And I didn't want to tell my sister. I didn't even tell her. I didn't tell her until <laughs> years passed. And, um, but it was just funny because I, and I, the only reason I even told her is because I felt so bad because at that party, you could tell you know, because sometimes when parents, especially mothers, when they can't do something and then someone else just comes in and does it well, it makes them feel terrible. So she was feeling terrible, like, wow, like I can't get my 
teething baby to stop crying and soothe him and she just does it she just comes in and does it at a party like she had that look on her face like she wanted to cry because i had him like laughing and i didn't have the heart to tell her at that time but eventually i told her but um (laughs) that shit was hella funny though i'll say that because he was a ball of joy he didn't give no fuck about that toothache our grandpappies (laughs) knew they were like just run a little drum on their gums and they're gonna be fine yeah yeah, I tried to like justify it that way, like food. it'll be fine. But he definitely yeah. drank way too much. <laughs> I was like, let me get him a McDonald's cheeseburger, so he just chills out. I mean, shout out to whoever mixed that punch because, like, if a kid can't taste it, like they did a they did a great job. Yeah, it was, and it was, I mean, it was pretty strong. He just didn't give a fuck, grimy ass little boy. <laughs> but I do wonder, like, if it sort of. Like with weed, because kids are already like in that mind space, if it like if they suddenly like turn into adults because they're like you're there, it has like some reverse property. I love or the idea like of a five year old getting high and be like, 9-11 was an inside job. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I could see that. No, it wasn't. Stephen, how why is he talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I can just like picture the this whole thing. So they like rushed these five kids to the hospital, and they they were all fine. But but CPS was called. Pre- now all wild. the parents are in prison. Oh no. Yeah. What, do we know the race of these children, girl? You know the race of these children. If it's in the fucking news, you know goddamn well what the race of these children are. <laughs> oh, it's everything is fine. We wrote a news story about it. Guess the race. <laughs> oh, yes. White? Yeah. If we were black, we would be reading a totally different story. Woo, right. too true. It was in, I think, Canada as well. Yeah, it was. Okay. I bet it was. All right. I don't give a fuck. They're free health care and shit. And they're just like, let's get take these stoned-ass kids to the hospital. No sweat off our back. Fuck yeah. them. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Rick Lax. So, you've probably seen. Had you guys heard that name before, Rick Lax? No, but it sounds no. like a really catchy name for a laxative. I was gonna say right. Rick Lax. So he's apparently the king of viral videos on Facebook, mm-hmm. which is just not. I haven't been on Facebook like actually just looking for something to entertain me uh, in probably over a decade. And but, you know, he apparently has that market cornered. People who pay attention on Facebook, like know his name. So we've we've also seen like these things like table nachos where somebody just like lays a bunch of chips out on a table and like puts cheese on them or table spaghetti where they're always so proud of themselves, too. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what. uh, spaghetti o pie, which is just SpaghettiOs dumped into a pie crust and then like the most half-assed garlic bread over the top, and then they bake it, and they're like, this is, you know, my best yet. And there's, yeah, there's, like, pride, but there's also, like, a tinge of, like, it feels like porn acting, where there's, like, I don't know, they you, they so don't good. quite seem like they're, <laughs> they're uh, <laughs> actually genuinely in this in this moment having this experience. And... So we had speculated at the time of the the spaghetti video where the person just like pours spaghetti sauce on the table and then puts pasta on top of it and then meatballs and with like mixes it hands. up. With her bare hands. With her bare hands. It's all happening yeah. with bare hands. We had speculated like maybe this is a fetish video. Turns out there's like one guy, Lax Productions, behind all of these videos. He's a magician. 
Some of the women doing the gross shit with the food are his magician's assistants. And wow. his verified page has 14 million followers. And he also has 1.4 million followers on a page called Rick Lax Has Fun. It's it's similar to like the ASMR videos where it's like, you know, there's a fetish, but like it, it's nobody's admitting it. Nobody's like uh, the people who specialize in the videos are not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people are totally jerking off to this. Wait, is it the uh, same and- guy that. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here. I was trying to read those quickly, but is this the same guy that, no, go ahead. Ma- that makes these videos so that black Twitter catches on to them and shits on them and ma- helps them go viral? Yeah. Right? It's this oh, guy. is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't the, the, because the idea behind them, it, like on top of being like just ridiculous, is like I, I think you guys talked a couple days ago about how having extremely divisive opinions on social media is how you garner followers. So the right. idea is, hey, here's a bunch of like really awful videos and black specifically. It, I think it started on black Twitter, but has definitely migrated over to black Instagram when there are videos without seasoning. You know, you have used to have these old companies like um, Taste Made and a few others. BuzzFeed Food did it for a while, too. Where they make these videos. And I'd be like, there's no seasoning on this. And the Latinx community <laughs> jumped in too. They'd be like, this is not how you make an elote. Like, get a life and, and learn what you're doing or hire actual people of color. Bon appetit. So anyway, all of that happened. And then this guy starts making these videos that are beyond the pale. Like, like no one's right. going to eat this. No one's going to make their counters that, you know, gross and disgusting. And now there's an entire like genre of influencer who just watches and reacts to this video. So if you take right. like the YouTube react videos to different, like, you know, they were reacting to trailers and then video games and then streams. Now these guys are reacting to these bad food videos. And it's, listen, it's an industry. It, it, it's making money. People are doing yeah. things with it. Trying I'll tell you what, involved. Rick Lax is pissed. <laughs> Rick Lax really? is pissed that people are making money off of his videos without a him making a, a cut of it. Welcome to the I internet. Love I love that. I love that he <laughs> thinks he discovered a magic trick, and it's like, bro, everybody's been hating on white people not being able to cook forever. You just right. you just taped it. Also, if you didn't figure <laughs> out how to use your 14 million followers to get advertising dollars, right, that's right. on you. Okay, I get like 20 emails a day being like, "Hey, want to use your social media?" dollars how can we do that with you somebody has definitely reached out to you you could have reached out to somebody found a good partnership spaghettios almost assuredly would have been like yes we would like to be mentioned two million times here's a couple thousand dollars thank you for your help figure that out darling yeah i wonder how much because he's a magician and like magicians are kind of good at like breaking things down to the component like illogical dynamics that make it like entertaining or make make it like trick people i do wonder like he's not he's not saying it. he's like i'm not a foodie i'm not an expert uh calling the recipes gross i would object to that so i mean he sounds like a complete fucking idiot but uh if he's really off the table what what you would yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean the the level of commentary on like white people cooking on top of like whatever fetish it is on top of like I feel like there's just this is a very specific type of internet era content where it like 
checks three boxes, like right. two of them accidentally. And <laughs> it's just like, it becomes a genre because like, then he's like, okay, well, so uh, randomly spaghetti pie is our biggest hit of February. So uh, we have 10 videos coming out this week. That's right. all about like people doing like basically the same shit. Mm-hmm. I f- this is how I feel about a lot of children's content. Like a lot of the, if you go on YouTube, like the children's videos that have like 13 billion views are just like the most random, strange, like kind of dream logic-y weird things that are bad. Like, but they just <laughs> are accidentally like hitting on something that is like hardwired into the brain. Right. So it's just it's it's just this weird like scatter shot of like human desires that we're like coming into contact with because uh the internet is such a, a weird, disturbing place. Just like call me daddy. I would just encourage your listeners <laughs> to stop hate sharing things. Like, I feel like that's the root of the problem here is that people love to hate share. You know, like the people love to dunk on somebody. People you got to stop doing that shit. That's just such a fucking that's backwards. You know, people that you like and, and enjoy, you should be supporting them. And, you know, when somebody that you like says something funny or posts something funny, you should be sharing that shit as opposed to just being like, oh, my God, look at this stupid fucking video i would never make this how disgusting and then it's like guys you're just (laughs) perpetuating this shit you know Mm -hmm. there's i have such mixed feelings about it because on the one hand there's things where i'm like sometimes you can hate share something that's bad but good bad you know what i mean uh for me emily in paris is one of those phenomenons where i'm like oh girl (laughs) this is all this is atrocious like how did this get made this is all kinds of wild but watching it brought such a sense of community of people just being like, please don't be Emily in Paris. Don't don't be that American when you leave. And that can be kind of fun. On the other hand, there's such a lack of curation. I think in the, just in general, in this era, everyone is just like, just pump out as much as you can. Just go. Yeah. Is it good? We don't care. We don't have time to care. Just release it. And, and hopefully we get some followers. Did it just reach a couple demographics? Great. Next. There's not a lot of time being put into really like crafting masterpiece. Or if it is, it's done with people who already have just an insane amount of money. And, you know, that's not of consequence to them. I wonder if we'll see a backlash from this of people being like, you know, I would rather have my content just hyper curated. I don't want to be dealing with the shenanigans. I don't want to watch six YouTube videos until I find one that's, you know, really good and, and is actually talking about the things I'm trying to investigate. I kind of hope so, because uh, while it's, it's great for creators that there's an opportunity to constantly be pumping these out to fail and and succeed and to then build an audience around what is successful there's that that area of the internet is is really fun and and i think it's given a lot of people an opportunity who wouldn't otherwise have had one but i also think you know there are definitely uh spaces where curation could be of great value not just to the people creating but people trying to access those creations i mean i feel like that might be what tiktok is right yeah. I also I have to correct you. Sorry, it's Emily Imperi. That's the name of the show. I don't. It's just driving me crazy. I couldn't hear a word you said after that. I was like Emily Imperi. Great. You know, you got to do. I feel like the hyper curated like single channel. I feel like when you said that, that made me think of TikTok and like the the way that I, for people who like spend a lot of time on TikTok, like the way that I hear it working on them is like you. It takes all decisions out of it. And it's just like a 
you know, hyper intelligence that's good at learning, like the videos that you respond to. And it's like, feeds it to you in a feed. Right. Right. That's the kind of life you live. Damn, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you like blondes, right? Done. Here you go. A sea of them. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even worry about the people that created this. Uh, Not worth mentioning. Yeah, like all machine learning is definitely influenced by whatever the people choosing mm-hmm. to who like or, originally created it and like the uh, self-selection of like what the algorithm is being fed in the first place. So not a good thing for yes. sure. TikTok, I'm going to go out on a limb and say not great. Okay. Not awesome. Damn, Jack, you got those crazy opinions on this podcast. Huh? <laughs> hey. Yeah, wild take. Wild take. <laughs> we're we're gonna put that in a splash that we put on like a <laughs> get ready for yeah. the fire take. Back, back to back, you and Jack. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm blowing on my finger <laughs> like it's a gun. <laughs> no. That's funny. Did you guys see this unvaccinated snow leopard at San Diego Zoo catches COVID nineteen? Oh my no. gosh. I just wanted to mention it because it's pretty funny. Who got close enough to the leopard? What zookeeper has done this? (laughs) (laughs) Some anti-science zookeeper? That's what I'm saying. It's rampant. It's all about instinct. It's all about instinct. Jack, make that character. (laughs) Uh, Zoos, animals, all about instinct, baby. All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.